Welcome to Fly Cool Shit, the show where Jeff Petro and Mark Pollard talk about aerobatics, unique airplanes, aviation news, and so much more. Hey pilot, you're cleared to enter the box. Smoke on. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Fly Cool Shit. I'm Mark. Oh, and I'm Jeff. <laughs> were you a bunch of candy? Yeah. Are you on the on the on the Halloween, the post-Halloween uh candy binge? Oh dude. My kids get so pissed and like bent out of shape when I eat their candy. So this year I started eating it while we were trick-or-treating. <laughs> and like so they'd be like, I don't know, 30 yards away going up to a door. And I was on the street with, and you know, after a while, their bags get full. So I was, uh, yeah, you start, you know, holding, their, you start holding their bags. Yeah. So, um, sorry, it's just a plane pulling up. And, uh, so I'm like, Mason. And he looks back and I got, I'm just reaching into his pillowcase, just chowing down on all of this candy. He's like, no, stop. <laughs> <laughs> best yeah. part about being a parent. It's the best part. I mean, it's, it's why you have kids. Did you hear that thing about like, um, I don't know what I'm saying, like so much type with um, some people giving out uh, gummies, but with pot in it, like marijuana in it? I have not heard that. So there was this um, thing in New York where it was like, you know, be careful with what your kids are candy, you know, obviously. And like if people are giving out, there's laced gummy bears of marijuana. And I have a theory with that because I, I, I call bullshit. And what I think happened is, is some kids got stoned with some gummies. They came home and their mother was like, what's what happened? And they were like, Oh, I don't know. It's just probably the Halloween candy. And like, you know, it's an excuse and the mother believed them or if dad yeah. believed them, you yeah. know, totally like just has no clue what their kids are doing at their school and just blames, you know, everything, but the kid. And here we are like, who is going to give away free gummies? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's I would never. That's a, a funny thing, too. Like, you know, you always hear like, oh, like I found a razor blade and a Snickers, you know, during Halloween and stuff like that. And it's like, um, you know, razor blades are not super cheap. Like, why would you buy a razor blade? You know what I mean? It's like more expensive than the candy, the the, the individual candy in some cases. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's you know been what? like screwed up it's stuff. Like that. I've had a razor yeah. and an apple a couple of times. I'm sure you have. Yeah. Just, you know, you suck it up. Right. Stop bitching. Yeah yeah generation man dude it, it's we so we're we're in our post halloween candy coma too but then we had um we had soccer tournaments this weekend uh for the oldest daughter oh and um the season concluded so we this is what's so crazy dude this is the weirdest part about being a parent is like you're exhausted all the time you have no time for anything else right and then like they're like hey um you know who would like to volunteer to host the uh after season party you know and we're like we'll oh, do boy. it we'll oh, do no. it you did yeah you yeah. idiot <laughs> and emily's like what did we what why 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 did we do this I'm like, you know it's always know. like you're in a great mood that day for some reason like everything's just kicking and yeah. you know it always happens like that and then you get home and you're exhausted you're exhausted you're like wait a second what did i just do yeah you sign up you sign up like you know it's like yeah you know like we do want to you know be more involved and, and, you know, do these things. And, um, yeah. And then the day comes and you're like, Oh my God, it, of course. And it's like, you sign up, you know, or you volunteer for something and it's like two weeks before the thing or three weeks before the thing. And, and then it's like, yeah, it's on a Sunday. Oh yeah, it's fine. You know, it's like after the game, like, it'll be great. And then like, you know, Friday rolls around and Saturday comes and, um, <laughs> you know, the girls had two soccer games each day and Sunday is like obviously the day before going back to school. And we're like, I can't believe we did that, but it ended up being really fun. But yeah. uh, we, we, uh, we catered uh, one of our favorite Mexican places. We, we just got catering and made it really easy, but then we got um, the girls wanted donuts as like their, you know, after dinner, you know, dessert. So we bought, you know, three dozen donuts for the team. And oh, sweet. it's like, dude, I'm like candied and donated out. I'm 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 done. Yeah, I'm in a downward spiral of destruction at this point with food. 
Yeah. I mean, just it's, ice cream, candy, you name it. It's going, it's, I'm getting it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the nice thing is, is, uh, um, aerobatics is over. The season's over. Uh, mm-hmm. not to segue out of talking about food. Cause I love talking about food, but you know, uh, the culmination of, of whack ending basically ends pretty much ends the season. It, it, it And this year it did end the season in, in the United States. I don't think there's any, is there, is there another contest this year? I, I can't imagine. There's one more in Sebring. It's like December. But... That's the culmination. Yeah. Um, but then uh, it's raining today here in California. So it's just, it's just over. Aerobatics yeah. is over. Um, we can all get fat. We we can put our winter fat back on, uh, yeah. pack it on. Um, you had a great and, season. You're undefeated. Uh, I'm undefeated. I'm undefeated, yeah. which is, which is great. Um, yeah. Actually, I mean, I'm 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 pretty defeated. Uh, the airplane is falling <laughs> apart. <laughs> I know. We just um, talk about like, why are you? Why is your airplane falling apart? Like what the it, what the hell? It's falling apart. It's falling apart. Um, extras are are pieces of shit. I'm here to tell you. Extra. You can quote me extras or no i'm just kidding um no we just honestly um you know there's a few things on the airplane where you kind of deferred a little bit you're like ah you know like so we've had a leaky uh, a slight leaky caliper right uh for and it's been like this for a while and we'll change an o-ring and it'll be fine uh, on the piston and then it'll just start we very slight weep again little by little and then started getting worse so we're like you know what um We've changed the O-ring. We just need, let's, we're just going to get a new caliper. So we bought a new caliper. And I'm like, ah, oh, you know, the tires kind of need. We're, we're kind of the tires maybe have like you know I don't know another month left on them. But it's like okay, maybe we should just take the uh, do the tires right now. Mm-hmm. Um. So you know we get tires, and tubes, and all the accoutrement. And then um, one of the partners goes to fire up the airplane, and I flew it the day before, and it was fine. But I noticed that the the boost pump, the electric boost pump, had kind of sound sounded like almost like uh, you know that almost like that cavitation noise, like where it just it changes a pitch. You're like that's kind of kind of sounded funny. Um, yeah, it's struggling. Yeah, um, but it was it was fine for my flight. Uh, next day, guy goes to fly it, boost pump on to prime, nothing happens, and it trips the circuit breaker. I'm like okay. So he tries oh, it again, no. pushes the circuit breaker in, boost pump on, nothing, trips the circuit breaker. So we need a boost pump. And you can't find one. The fun part about, yeah, this is the fun part about kind of um, about, uh, in fact, literally as we're speaking, Eric Extra is texting me. Uh, he just tried to call me from Germany and maybe he sourced one, but like literally. Th- so I'll step back to the caliper. So Cleveland caliper, um, you know, uh, is, is standard on, on, most extras of this era, right? Uh, I say nineties to two thousands extras. I, I don't. Does yours have Cleveland or does it have Behringer from the factory? It has Cleveland, but I'm going to be going to Behringer. Yeah, and honestly, um, we really considered going to Behringer and doing the kit, but it's it's like six thousand bucks. Um, Is it that much though? Know? Well, that's what that's what for for the two seater um, with you know all the master cylinders and and all that stuff. Um, that's what we were quoted. I thought it was like three hundred dollars. No, uh, at least not for <laughs> ours. No, it was. Yeah, it's it's not cheap. But the we, Cleveland, we, might, we one, might have to hit them up for a sponsorship, right? Dude, that, oh, now that would be sick. Um, but like one Cleveland caliper was two thousand bucks. So we were like, I mean, you know, if we had to change both calipers for some reason, it would have been no brainer to go Behringer and just just be done with it because it comes with comes with wheels, um, calipers. Uh, master cylinders. Uh, what else? It's it's a pretty robust you know kit um, for the extra, but um, yeah, that was kind of hard to find. I actually had to buy. The irony is that they're made in the USA. I had to buy one from Extra in Germany. A Cleveland caliper had to ship from Germany because it was so hard to find in the United States. Um, everything is everything. This this Weldon pump, dude. There's no stock anywhere. In fact, I'm just reading Eric's uh, text. He's like, I can source one within two weeks. Like, I, I I can't just order one. It's a super common pump. It's used on everything. Everything with an electric boost pump has an iteration of this pump. It's a very common pump. And yet, it's going to take me two weeks to get a freaking boost pump. So this airplane is AOG for two weeks. It's completely unacceptable, in my opinion. What does, it, um, what does AOG for- mean? Aircraft on ground. 
Oh, sorry. Oh. It's like a maintenance maintenance <laughs> term. Um, it's kind uh, of a big deal. So it's it sucks. It's like you know you wish you could just order a pump, and they're not cheap. You know, uh, the pump no. is a thousand bucks plus a six hundred dollar core charge. Uh, so it's like okay, I guess uh, I guess we're stuck. So that's yeah. that's where we're at right now, and it's interesting because you look at like uh, the lead time for a lot of stuff right now. And it makes you wonder, you know, I, I, we're all, I think all signs are pointed that we're heading to a dip. You know, the airline industry is constricting a little bit. Their forecasts for 2024 are not, um, they're, they're shifting forecasts and kind of reducing forecasts um, of, of growth. People are assuming some shrinkage. There's uh, hiring is being reduced. You know, uh, you're kind of seeing this. We're on the cusp, right? So, and it's, it's, we're overdue for one, unfortunately. So it's, it's coming. But I think what you, when you, you look at like supply chain issues that are still prevalent, um, you look at these manufacturers who just don't want to keep stock of stuff, even common parts. I mean, the Cleveland caliper that, that the extra uses is not a super uncommon caliper part number, you know, and they make a whole bunch of How many airplanes are out there that need it? That's the thing. Like, I, I think the 172 and 182 use the same electric boost pump as the, as, uh, the extra does. I, the game bird probably does all extras use the same pump, you know, extra li- likes to keep it simple. Every electric yeah. boost pump. It's this Weldon. I think it's an 8120 M. Um, it's a super, super common pump. And yet Weldon doesn't stop. They don't, they're the manufacturer does not have one. Um, and you look for these these remanufactured versions uh, or or uh, remanufactured uh, uh, pumps, and like nobody's got stock of them. It's really really odd, yeah, to have such a common pump. And it's not like the demand is high. Uh, you know, you hear you know these pumps. It's not it's not unheard of to have a pump go out. You know, we've 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 all heard we all know somebody that had a pump go out. And yeah, I wonder like if they're anything. just like volume is maxed out or they're just only producing so much and only you know the people you know the big wig shops are getting them first come first serve and they're just taking them all up and and storing them i mean well extra has 20 of them on order with no due date because i was like i'll just order one from you i don't uh, you know i ordered a caliper from germany might as well order a pump from germany he's like we don't have any we have 20 on order with no eta so like everybody's factors are not getting them there's a lot of people that you know, question, you know, whether you get an extra or a game bird and you don't really hear any support issues with game bird. At least I don't, I haven't heard any Have you. No. Um, and, and I'm not, I'm I not mean, even going to blame this on extra. Um, because this, no, no, no. I, yeah. I, I, I think that this pump is probably, I, I would have to look at the game bird. I just don't know. I'd have to look at the IPC to see what pump they list in there. But, um, you know, all these manufacturers are at the whim of oems delivering stuff right like we and and to to uh tip of the hat to gamebird you know we saw philip do this i think during covid didn't they buy like 80 thunderbolt engines and just store them in warehouses for the gamebird you know like something like that you're they they have a huge huge inventory and it's like when these these manufacturers like garmin was another example you know the g3x and g5x uh when they announced the price increase I think Gamebird bought a bunch of those before the price increased. So then, you know, you buy them at a lower cost, but you're still you're still passing on the cost to the consumer. So you're making more money, right? So you're or you're keeping your margins up, right? Because you're still you're still increasing, you know, extras, Gamebirds, pits every year. Cost goes up, you know. Um, You imagine buying a new extra and then a fuel pump going bad or whatever airplane for that matter, and now you can't even fly or anywhere. No, it's. It's terrible. It's terrible. Um, and and it's you would think that you could just order a pump, you know, because that's that's not that's not a, a part unique to extra. It's not made by extra. Like it's not a, um, you know, if you bap an aileron, right? Like that's a somebody's got to f- form an aileron. Somebody's got to make you an aileron. That's mm-hmm. you know, you know that the airplane is going to be down unless you can source an aileron, and then you know you get it repainted and balanced and all that good stuff, right? Um, you just know that if you if you you know, you, know, you touch a, an aileron uh, on the hangar door, that the airplane is going to be down. But you kind of assume like you know if you need a starter or an alternator or a boost pump, whether it's engine driven or electric or you know spark plugs. I mean the oil filter thing. I remember um, you know during COVID when uh, 
when champion the factory either burned or they it shut down and they stopped manufacturing the the oil filter that we all use for our our uh, airplanes for the IO540 yeah and you could only get tempest and then tempest ran out because you know the, the, all of a sudden the demand was like 500% and so there was no stock anywhere and people were selling filters online for like $150 a piece you know they're gouging but it's like people were literally air, again Aircraft on ground, AOG. Like you can't fly your airplane because you can't change your oil filter. How crazy is that? It's it, and it's not. It's like you're you're at the whim of like these manufacturers, and there's just not there's not an alternative. Like I I I, sh- I switched from Champion to Tempest oil filters during that that time, and ever since then, every time I buy, like I get a, you know down to a couple filters, I'll buy a six pack. You know, so I always keep filters on hand. Yeah, they don't but, like, bad. Yeah, and but what if, uh, you know, what if Aeroshell one hundred W one hundred plus, like what if what if the additives for that um, aren't available, and you all of a sudden can't get W one hundred plus or Philips XE, you know, was a twenty fifty or whatever it is, right? Um, and your airplane is just stuck for for a simple thing, not not for a part that has to be custom made by the manufacturer and shipped from Germany or from Bentonville or from uh, wherever the fuck pits are made, you know. Um, old 1920s uh fucking wisconsin or whatever wherever pits are made <laughs> back in time <laughs> um you know canopy is another one right uh you you kind of expect a, okay the airplane's gonna be down for a couple, you shatter a canopy your airplane's gonna be down for two or three weeks it's just it's just uh a given right yeah you're kind I, of I, up I, shit's creek yeah you just you don't expect the airplane to be down because you can't buy a um a good year uh flight craft three tire or a tailwheel or you know oil or filter so uh, a boost pump you know it's, it's made by weldon you know it's again super common pump you just don't expect the airplane like really i'm not I'm, my airplane's gonna be down for potentially a month because i can't find a boost pump how crazy is that no um it's frustrating it's it's really frustrating so now i'm like if anybody out there has an 81 i think it's an 8120 let me look it up i'm just gonna i'm putting the call out there to the world um it's a weldon uh i think it's an 8120m i'm just going to confirm it here where where do i have it here scrolling 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 dead air dead air dead air uh 8120m yes 8120m so if anybody has a weldon 8120m or a lead on one i would be extra appreciative because uh, I'm ready to buy it right now because I haven't even taken the cowl off. I'm assuming the pump's done. You know, I the maybe the connection's wet, but I doubt it. I think it's just going to be a function of uh, I think the pump's done. So, yeah, yeah, if anybody has one, I would be extra appreciative. <laughs> um, anyway, Can't you so that's- just spray a little bit of like starter fluid in there and crank it and let it go. Honestly, um. <laughs> You know, I was talking to uh, the partner who had this happen, and it, luckily it happened, uh, you know, at home base. The airplane's not stranded somewhere. But I was like, you know, if I was stuck somewhere, I would try to fire it up without the the electric boost on just to get home. You know, obviously, you know, oh, yeah. you're 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 kind of you're putting yourself at at, at a, a greater risk because you don't have your safety blanket, right? You don't have the electric boost bump to to help you if you need um you need a boost bump. If your your engine driven pump goes out, your your hose. But again, the likelihood of both pumps going out are are very very low. Um. So I I would have tried. I would have been like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna crank this thing and just you know maybe uh maybe leave the mixture rich, you know, and uh, crack the throttle open and just hope that you can get some fuel in there and try to start it. You know, I would do it. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see it. So whack. Should we get right into it? Let's go back to it. (laughs) Um, So I have a couple um, before we actually get started, I have a couple of kind of overarching topics that I want to talk to you about. Um, One is, uh, you know, uh, we're going to get, I think we're going to get Grant Nielsen on to kind of talk about uh, boots on the ground whack. And I want to get Aaron back on certainly want to get, you know, anybody else from the Canadian team and the U S team. Uh, back on to kind of talk about their their perspectives but um i wanted to there's uh, uh, the big theme of this whack to me 
was the judging. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't think we've seen judging like this, in my opinion. This is just, this is me opening up uh, scores and, and looking. Um, I haven't seen judging this bad since pre-COVID nationals. I don't remember talking about judging this bad since pre-COVID nationals. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, maybe you remember uh, something later on or, or even before that. But like, w- I don't think we've talked about disastrous judging in a long time. And in my opinion, this is, again, I'm not a judge. I'm not begrudging any of the judges. Um, try to say that three times fast. Begrudging judges. Begrudging, Jesus, I couldn't do it. Um, but you look at the scores and they're just all over the place. I mean, literally, you're, you're seeing hard zeros and an eight on the same figure from from different judges. That's kind of crazy for like an international event. That so that's that's my thought. I'm like, this is a SIBA event. This is the this is the World Series for advanced. This is the World Cup. This is whatever. Pick your favorite sport. This is it, right? Yeah. Um, I was really, really shocked to see the judging. What are your what are, you know, in the in the post WAC clarity? Uh you've been to you've been to WAC. You've um, you know, you're now on the unlimited team. You're gonna go to you're gonna go to WAC for the unlimited team. You know, what are your thoughts on on how the event was con- conducted? How the the I say the week, you know, like the, the two weeks basically went. Um, and and like some takeaways. What are your takeaways from WAC? Um well, there's one takeaway I'll get, get into after, but it definitely was kind of weird to see the spread of like you were saying, like as a two zero and then an eight oh. And you know, it kind of resembled, you know, when I was at that event and you know, you don't know what the judge is like until after the first flight. So what I heard is, you know, the pilots that were scoring slightly higher, you know, flew close high and like a high neck angle. And that seemed to score well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, I, I wouldn't want to fly on top of the judges like that. And it sucks because, you know, you kind of got to adapt and do something that maybe is not comfortable and, and do it that way. Um what really stood out to me though was the locals and thank you for bringing th- that up. Yes. I think if anything needs to change, it's gotta be the technology. I-, I feel like we have to have at this point, the technology to be able to put in an airplane or track an airplane for lows and highs. And this is, this there was is a significant I- number of low calls that this, um, this whack too. That was the other really standout thing is, is, and you're having, um, you're having, you know, big airplanes being called low, the biggest, yeah. like, you're, you know, the three thirty SCs were, were getting the brunt of, um, low here's calls the thing. Like, like there were some low calls at the end of the, so for, let's forget for a second, like the judges don't know the pilots that well after, you know, the first flight and, and for whatever reason, but what really shocked me is, is in the fourth flight, you had some locals and those were the top 25 pilots and arguably that, you know, um, the best in the world at that point right so yeah how do you how do you decipher if some the floor of uh of advance at siva is 200 meters so 666 feet ish is that is that right three feet about that yeah 660 so if somebody is at 600 550 and you don't you you know you're you're estimating the the distance um, on the ground, how far away they are, the angle up, like how I'm not, I don't think that there's anybody in the world that can tell an airplane from 666 to 566. No. And it's, a, and it's an estimation and, you know, it, it goes down sometimes to the chief judge where like to get majority and that guy is standing up and looking around and, and the airplanes are going 200 knots at sometimes like, how do you tell me? that that airplane is a hundred feet lower than it needs to be, you know? And it's, it's really annoying because I've seen the game cockpit video of some of these locals and some of the flights are there, you know, at like 750 feet, oh, they're so definitely they're hundred feet above. Yeah. And, you know, I get that we want to stay safe. I totally get it, but these are the best pilots in the world. And, you know, to give a local and you're telling, and people are, you know, cause you're not saying that the guy's at 400 feet. Cause if you think he's at 400 feet from 666 and he is actually at seven, then you need to get your eyes checked. Yeah. Um, well, and at that point you'd almost get a low, low. 
Yeah, and I mean that's exactly. that's egregiously low, right? Four hundred low, meters. low. I, mean, I think is a... is hundred meters. Yeah. So like, um, but like now you got a guy or a girl who's trained their whole life. Now, well, yeah, and and the past year they really put a ton of effort and finances into this thing, and they're above. And I'm making the case more so for people that are are knowingly above the the lower level that are getting dinged for penalties. So it doesn't matter. If you have a GoPro and from start to finish of you setting your altimeter to AGL and that doesn't matter, you know, and I get that that's in the rules, but like it's, it's accurate. And it's, it's, it's a hundred percent telling everybody right now that there's a problem. Like that person was not low according to their altimeter, which is calibrated Yep. and, and they're getting cold low. And to me, that's, you know, like a total bitchy statement that I'm about to make, but it's not fair. Because it's a 200, 250 point penalty. And it also throws off the judge from scoring the rest of the flight. Because now um, I don't think they're doing it on uh, as as knowing that they're high. And they're, they're no, they think that they're low. So now the rest of the flight, the presentation in their head, they're low. So their presentation is getting ding. The quality of the, the figures could have great quality, but they're low. So now you're getting lower points on each figure that are after it. It's just, it's a really unfortunate thing to happen. And, and I don't, yeah. I mean, I'm not a software guy. I'm not a tech guy, but I mean, you look at somebody AI and and all this other you know technology that we have going for us, and how could we not have something that can track a flight and hit and and ping any uh, ping ping the lows? We do, and that's a fair we thing because like any judge, you know, you talk you talk conspiracy and and listen, I'm not, I I think the top five are usually the top, I really do, but like. You know, it's not fair for that person, you know, that that is flying very well. The scores were super tight. They get 200 or 250 uh, points off, like just like that. But then if that happens in figure five out of 14 figures, the rest of the flight, you're going to get at least one point less than what you should be getting or 0.5, I, I think, because the judge yeah, has that in their head. Yes, especially because it the idea of presentation, especially on the SIVA level, is so it's it's focused on so much that I would imagine that if you call somebody low, that's not only are you saying, Hey, okay, you're low um, for the safety aspect of it, but the presentation aspect of it, it's like, you can't put it at that level, advanced and unlimited. You can't put it, you can't put it in the box where it's perfect, perfectly presented, right? You're you're outside of it. So then you, you kind of have this lens on the rest of the figures, at least in my opinion, they would, where it's like, yeah, yeah, your, your presence, everything else is off. You can't. I think a simple, can't. a simple rule change can be instead of looking for majority. In order for a low call to stick, there's got to be seventy five percent of people oh. voting for it. Because like, if you have eight judges and a chief judge, so four judges and it's five. So, like, you're telling me that four other judges missed that? Then are they bad judges, or are these four bad judges calling it bad judges? Because that's a lot. That's a lot of I'll judges also, missing something. Absolutely, uh, and I'll also say. um to me, the, the, again, this is just I, you know, I'm not again not a judge, not a competitor. But if you're if you're um, nitpicking over a hundred feet, I, I think I, I think we have a problem, right? If if you're not sure if they they have, I think to call somebody low or low low, you have to be really sure. And I think it needs to be a little bit more egregious. Like if you're really calling somebody fifty meters low, fifty feet, a yeah. hundred feet low. And this is after we saw this a couple times where somebody flew low lines and then the first one in the box got called low when they were a hundred yes. feet higher. So how do you know that, that to like, me is if you can't trust egregious. an altimeter, then if you can't trust an altimeter from an eight cockpit video, how do you trust the altimeter of a warm-up pilot at that point? Exactly. Exactly. You you watch the low lines being flown, you then watch yeah. the first pilot come in, you call them low when they're not low. That to me, that, that was kind of Honestly, that was probably the most egregious component of of judging. I mean, you know, the variance in judging in the figures is still pretty bad, but that really shocked me. The low calls in in you know the first flight of the day after the lines were flown. That that's so crazy to me. It's so crazy. And then the fact that you can't show somebody in cockpit video of the altimeter setting and the and the altimeter during that low call to prove that you weren't low is 
so stupid to me because you can do that with other figures. Like, you know, we've seen we've seen um, calls being reversed because of video, certain video. But, right. Yeah. Why can't you use this video to show, hey, like I was not low. I was at, not yeah. only was I not low, I wasn't even on the floor. I was above it. Well, I think that, you know, how we, you know, I'll bring up a sore subject for some people. Uh, you know, how we felt about the boundary judges. I think we had a lot of valid points and, and we got change. I don't know how how much pull we have on an international level, but I really believe, you know, and this is the first time we're talking about this. Yeah, it's, it's a great topic. And yeah, I really believe that it shouldn't be, it should be 75% majority for a little call to stick. Because if you're going to tell me that four judge, four international judges that are supposed to be the highest level caliber judges, you're telling me that four judges are allowed to miss something. I don't, I, I can't get on board with that. I really can't. I would think Two, all of them would, how can, how, how would all of them not see it? Like if it's low, if it really is low. And, two is and, a lot. One should be, but like, especially at it, you got to give the benefit of the doubt. Cause like if somebody comes in low or sorry, if somebody comes in at what you perceive to be slightly low, slightly low, what would you say is slightly low 50 to hundred feet? So you're willing to yeah. tell me that you could tell the difference between that between 666 and 566? Because I would love to play a game with that and put people on, on a live feed and have planes yeah. flying back and forth and let them tell me. Because like I would bet a lot. I feel like you and I would make a ton of money on bets. Like oh, I and and you know what? You're at that point, I'm gonna be honest. I'd, I'd guessing. fuck with them because I would I would go six sixty, I would fly at six hundred sixty-six feet, three hundred feet back. And let them call me low. I'd fly at five twenty. I'd fly at five hundred feet right in their face and let them call yeah. me fine. It's all about where you are in the box. And like when you're trying to like imagine being a judge and having an assistant call out a complex figure. Let's say um, we try to remember one. It was like uh, you know four times eight half push loop up with two times two on the top with a half flick. And like you're trying to digest all that information. You're looking up, so you really don't have the horizon reference per se sometimes. You know, if the guy's right on top of you flying, but you still yeah. have to culminate that, give a score, and then also say, okay, 666. Oh, no, he looks 600 feet or 580 feet. And you're and while you're judging figures of airplanes that roll 420 degrees a second. Yeah. Like, to me, like, if you think at that point, like, oh, maybe low, maybe, well, maybe that's, you have to be 100% at that point. And I think if judges didn't just throw out these low calls as maybes, which I think that they are, I mean, there's some low calls that are, egregiously the pilot is low there's no doubt about it but oh, there yeah. are there are low calls being thrown out right now where it's like yeah i think i think he's low i think that's you know i'm talking about as myself now you know i think that that's the perception of these judges and I, well, not dude, that they're i'm not calling them out in a bad way i'm just saying like if you give a low call you better be fucking sure and if no, this is happening sure. where four judges are missing it yeah then that that's a problem because we'll look back look back at nationals um not this year but last year when we were there you know i won't i won't mention the pilot but um uh in a in an extra um was really low really mm -hmm. low to the point where i think I'm, i can't remember but i want to say he was disqualified like it was it was that bad where they're like you know what no 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 but we were all watching this holding our breath and like people are gasping gasping at how low yeah. this pilot got that's low okay yeah a hundred feet low in the box and in, in, in advanced and unlimited come on you're you're you i think you are kind of you might be taking Dude, my a, floor a in advance and unlimited this year was a thousand feet and like call me a, call me a wimp and like an idiot but like i'm just not ready and like you have to be safe just bump yeah. it up bump it up yeah and i and i don't think you know It'd be my guess here again, but, um, you know, I think if you stick a couple hundred feet above the floor, you know, at whack, that's probably where people were trying to stay. Right. Like, you know, Hey, like don't push it. Obviously, you know, these, and certainly as the week went on, you start seeing these low calls. I'm sure all the coaches, you know, at like these Luke, round table Luke meetings are getting a low call to me is fucking hilarious. Crazy. Yeah. I, yeah. It's crazy. Matt that Dunphy crazy. on the fourth, Matt Dunphy on the fourth flight, the last flight. Where they only took twenty five pilots of the be the best pilots, him getting a, a low call is is a joke to me. Yeah, it's a joke. Yeah, it's an absolute joke. Like, I, did, I, I think if you're splitting hairs at that point of a hundred feet, 
you know, again, even if you, even if the pilot is a hundred feet low, I don't think you can discern that he's, he or she is a hundred feet low of the floor of the category you're flying. I just, and it's, and, it, and it's proven if you're going to watch low lines being flown to gauge your eye on where the floor is, and you don't know where the floor is, either the way we uh, are perceiving um, the floor from a judge's perspective is wrong yeah. or you're right. They're simply guessing. It's like, you know what? They're close. So I'm going to call it. I think that's a problem. I, if that's if that's an emphasis on judging where it's like, hey, you know what? If they're low, if you think they're low, if they might be low, call it. I think that's a problem yeah. because I think I think they, there's if, no if effect on their ROI is what it is. I don't think it affects their judges rating if they miss it uh, or get it. But I think that yeah. it's got to be more than four. It's got to be a 75 or 80 percent majority, I think. Well, especially I, I, if if judges like I would imagine there's an emphasis, right? And I, again, I might be wrong. Judges weigh in, okay? There has to be an emphasis on, you know, you're you're judging safety, right? So the the umbrella is safety. So every judge is looking for safety. Yes, you're scoring the individual figures, but the idea that four pilots missed a safety, I'm sorry, four judges missed a safety component, a safety yes. um uh element to the judging either either shows that they they have it right which i think they do um or it's like you know um those other judges that called it were like we're not sure but we're going to call it anyway and i think that's a problem too like like me i, I don't know yeah, i don't know like how you fix this i don't know how you fix it, it up. i think you got to change you got to increase the majority i, yeah. I think that's the for everybody should be getting... calling a low call yeah so like before getting into like putting shit in airplanes like gps trackers and and i just you know that's a lot of uh that's a lot of you know uh to, to to spin up to there but yeah you know a simple rule change of because like what's what's your argument against me oh no 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 jeff um you should only have 50 percent. 50 percent of judges at an international level are allowed to miss something really because yeah i don't know i don't know if those judges if they're missing lows if they're missing figures or rotations or if they know how to or if they're accurate with their with their scoring, because if they can't tell an altitude, how are they going to tell, you know, five degrees at 3000 feet on top of the P loop? It's a great point. That's a great point. You know? So, yeah. you know, like, what's the big deal? They're going to if they're a good judge, they're going to catch it. So why shouldn't it be majority? And why? Sh why should it, it let down to the chief judge who doesn't have an obligation to have eyes on the airplane at all times? So to me, it's it, just go with the majority and, and be done with it. So um, I don't know. We got to look into that. I mean, we've never, we've never dabbled <laughs> into going to Steva and, and uh, trying to do some rule changes over there. And I don't know if, um, well, we didn't really do the memes too much. This uh, massage did that meme where um, a couple people got, pretty upset with the can <laughs> with the canopies <laughs> um that was but i think so they were funny. Um, i think guy. they were more upset about the word that was crazy <laughs> dude like come on like take it easy i think they were and then <laughs> but it's just like it just it just reiterates why you shouldn't rent your airplane if you don't have to well i uh you certainly, uh, well, you know, we were making the joke. It's like, you know, you put, uh, uh, Marcus X extras, uh, you know, future kid through college and, and Eric's, you know, kid through college with canopies this week. Oh my God. <laughs> totally. Therefore Mar Marcus's 401k is set at this point. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, um, you and know, it's good for people that don't want to rent their airplanes. Cause you know, you can just be like, Hey man, like, I'm sure you're great, but. I just and you probably wouldn't do it on purpose, but like odds are, you know, you're gonna we're gonna lose about three percent. I mean, three canopies per contest, and at that rate, that's a six to ten percent chance of me losing mine. And I don't really like those odds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you this: um, if you so you're an outsider looking in this year, but if you were at if you were competing, okay. What would your what would your thoughts be overall? I mean, we talked about the judging. Um, 
we didn't really we got in a little bit when we made some you know some kind of punchy jokes uh, a couple weeks ago on you know on Gene Nevada being minutes away from Vegas, which is hilarious. But looking at the location, especially now in hindsight, right? Because I made these I made these concerns with Aaron McCartan. We were all talking. I was like, you know, Gene Gene's a glider port for a reason, right? It gets windy there. It's not. Um, this is not the 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 worst time of year uh, for winds. Um, it's certainly not the worst time of the year for heat and density altitude stuff, which w- that part was I think pretty pretty good. But we did see um, we lost we lost a lot of flying to wind um, this this week. Yeah, two and a half days straight. Two and a half days to the point where the only, um, we uh, had to cut off uh, only the top twenty five pilots flew on the last day because of timing. So yeah, um, looking kind of uh you know taking hindsight into account of of gene nevada um the location as a as a um venue for whack how would you rate gene nevada and this isn't to begrudge uh who who picked the location or anything like that it's just it's literally just talking about the location because you know where advanced whack and unlimited whack uh occurs around the planet um, every other year, uh, respectively, you know, it's an interesting choice, right? It's an interesting, uh, location almost always, you know, uh, the, uh, there's a bid for it, right. And it's approved by SIVA. Um, uh, and you know, I'm sure there's been places that have been disastrous and there's been places that have been absolute dream, uh, you know, a dream to spend, uh, flying wise 10 days. I'm not talking about necessarily location or amenities, but just the flying, how would you rate the flying of gene nevada i thought i mean they 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 had some great weather i just i wouldn't want to leave my airplane out all that time um just because it's you know it's a lot of money these things and a lot of sand and wind and um you know just like we heard that story where like that gust came through and, and i think luke's plane got tapped or something like that and um you know it's just it's a i mean it looked yeah. cool but like not having hangers is you know, an issue, I think. Um, cause you know, even so like it's windy out and what you got in, I mean, look at the canopies that got lost. That would have stressed me out, dude. I gotta be honest, leaving my airplane out with the wind and the sand and, and having to worry about it would have really stressed me out. That would have been a real hindrance to my focus personally. Um, yeah. For flying. Yeah. yeah. That would have been a real hindrance. Um, so, have you talked to anybody about, about, the the box like actually flying in the box like how how that was i, I heard that it was a little tricky to to pick up but once they got it it was fine um, okay. just because of the desert and everything like that but i felt bad for the prisoners you know the prisoners right there and imagine those schizophrenia yeah. guys like just hearing the snap roll sound rawr, rawr. <laughs> <laughs> like beating their heads against the wall yeah. stop the noise <laughs> um I had a curious topic uh, before we wrap up um, thinking about. So uh, obviously three uh, thirty SC um, as an air, you know, from, from an airplane standpoint, sweeped the field. Um, not, not a surprise. It was the most uh, prevalent airplane there being flown by, by the teams. But uh, we had, you know, we had cap Sukhois. Uh, we had uh, one design. No. We have, yeah. We did have one design there. Um, G 200. Uh, we had a Pitts S111B. What else? Am I missing? A 202, I think, was there. We had a 202. Yeah, the S111B, Cap 222, um, Suke 26, Suke 31. Yeah, 31 and a 26. Uh, yep. It's funny, too, because like, a, a couple of people left that concert, a concert, a con- contest. And, you know, it went a certain way, blah, blah, blah. But um, I was talking to you. Um, one of my American friends is like, yeah, like it's blah, 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 blah. But like, you know, I'm just going to go right up to limited. And I was in my head. I'm like, you know, like, yeah, dude, best of luck. <laughs> like, it's like saying like, oh, I'm just, I'm just going to, you know, sorry, I'm just killing a mosquito here. Um, I'm just going to go into a limit. Like, dude, it's fucking no joke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah. And, you know, I, I wonder if. Do you think? Let me ask you this, and, and this isn't to put, uh, this isn't to um, single anybody out, but do you think that those ideas changed after whack? Do you think anybody rethought that notion after whack? I think a lot of people 
that hadn't competed in a world event may have gotten a sour taste in their mouth all for what happened. And um, I think in the next couple of weeks, we're going to hear a lot more about it when we talk to the, you know, our friends yeah. about it. Well, um, this has happened. We've, we've since this podcast inception, we've, we've been talking about this, right? You know, yeah. you, you spend tens of thousands of dollars. You put your husband's wife's kids, uh, girlfriends, uh, you know, dogs, cats, hamsters, uh, everything's on hold. Everything's sacrificed. Everything is, is paused or, or, um, to the detriment of you going after this thing. Right. And you spend all year doing it or years doing it. Um, it, it consumes you. And then you go to a foreign country, at least this year it was here in G Nevada, but you know, typically you go to a foreign country, um, uh, which means, you know, packing your airplane up or renting or borrowing an airplane. But the logistics of that, you know, you're talking about a month, five weeks of, of, um, you know, being away from your family at the, and this is after all the sacrifice to then just be at the whim of judging. Right. And yeah. it's like, uh, I think I would imagine, and it, this is just me imagining that the teams that were, you know, I, I would say like the, the, um, North American teams had, had a different vision of how it was going to go. And I wonder what their perceptions are now based on what they saw at WAC, because at the end of the day, you were just, you were at the whim of judging. And is it, you know, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, people say like the, you know, the top five or the top five. And I I can't argue that, you know, and and this is another, maybe a whole podcast needs to be dedicated to this uh, for next week is, you know, the French, I mean, the French and the Romanians, dude, uh, they just, they know how to do it. The formula they they've locked, they they have the recipe on lock and and are repeating it time and time and time again you know um i'm i'd be curious to see kind of what happens um to uh, i don't know dreams and perceptions of like you know yeah i'll do one year in advance and i'm going up to unlimited i wonder if that changes yeah. based on what they see what they saw this year in terms of judging cuz how how valuable can you be to a team if you're mid packing or low packing <laughs> advanced. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to jump up. I don't know. I, I, I think you can learn a lot. You can learn a lot from, from, from a contest like that. And if yeah. it's the first time you got to kind of chalk it up to, to certain things and, and move on yeah. and, and try it again. It's uh, a big deal. It is. And I thought Romania, when I was in Romania at that contest, like I thought the judging was pretty fair. I got to be honest. Like I, I really thought it was, it was really great. And, um, yeah, I wasn't at this contest here, but dude, like, I'm sure you, we were on some groups together and I got some private messages too. And I was like, to get this many responses from the competitors that are competing yeah. there over what's going on, I'm like, uh, geez, that sucks. That it's really a, it's sucks. a little, di- a little different than, than maybe other years. Yeah. And, um, and I think that there were certain expectations that certain teams, you know, were, expecting um for lack of a better term here and yeah. and those weren't met so that's it's that's deflating you know um and there's certain things that like i think were inevitable i think that one of the things that was kind of sad to see but not shocking was neil harris you know neil's he's a phenomenal pilot and he flies the shit out of out of that airplane and he could fly the shit out of any airplane and he's he's really good but yeah his airplane is so small and the did not do well in the eyes of Siva, did it? No, and um, and it didn't score well. And you know, you call it what it is, but you know, it it happened. So you know, where does a guy like Neil go now, where he knows that the airplane he has, he's limited, doesn't present well? Does he do another contest? Does he switch platforms? You know, right. and you know, and it all comes down to like order of flight too. So like, you have a guy like Neil who's flying you know, at a, say at the, uh, the bottom of the box and then somebody like, you know, like, uh, like a Sukhoi or even like an extra at that point comes in at low at, at the bottom of the box and he's going to look low. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, it throws off the judges pretty, pretty good. And, you know, who knows if they like that. Um, but you know, it's, there's a, it's a different game. It's a, it's a lot different than than the nationals and it's held a lot different than a regionals you know it makes going to a regional look like 
gosh, I don't even know. Um, so, you know, I think that there's a lot to learn from it. And I think that there's, you know, a lot of people are going to get back into the saddle and do it, but you know, I can't say I understand their frustration, but I certainly can, can, I can empathize with it. Yeah. Yeah, Uh exactly. So it just sucks. And, you know, even for, for us, like we had certain expectations of, of who we thought, you know, we're going to place in place at, at certain positions and levels. And we were, you know, at the end of the day, we were way off. (laughs) Well, I was just going to say a lot of this stuff happens in a vacuum, right? You know, the, the Canadians aren't talking to the Americans. The Americans aren't talking to the Romanians. The Romanians aren't talking to the French because why would you, right? It's your team. You're keeping the seat. You're keeping the sauce secret. You're keeping your, your program and your profile close in because you have a game plan, right? All these teams are working on a game plan. Um, And there's, there's uh, for, uh, you know, lack of a better word, there's strategery involved, a lot of strategery involved. Um, you know, I think, I think the, the coaches, the, there's a strategic idea of how they're going to approach a contest like this as a team, right? Again, yeah. it's all individual. You just, you're, you're flying for yourself, but as a team, you're, you're working together and you're, you're, you're there's a think tank there and, and you're only as good as, you know, maybe the coaching um, that you're getting, the mental preparation that you're either doing for yourself or hopefully being fostered by the other teams we or, or by your coaches or or by um, members of that team, you know, like the French have. And and we're, we're seeing this more and more. We're, there's mental coaching. There's, you know, um, you're tre- treating this a little bit more like a, you're an actual athlete. Right. There's, you know, masseuses and and head coaches and and yeah. medical attention and um, actual uh, flight coaching and, and and ground instruction and academics and all that stuff plays a role. And um, nobody really is super forthcoming. I mean, the French aren't going to be uh, an open book on that. You know, we, we odd odd shared quite a bit, which was really interesting. But I think, you know, I think these teams kind of keep it close together and then you show up and you just see who who got it right or not. Yeah. As a team. Yeah. And um, look at the French. I mean, they like borrowed airplanes time and, again, and still crushing it. And yeah, you know, Romania did amazing. I was, I'm not shocked at how good they did. They, I mean, I, they have a great setup now and they've been building their whole club and everything. Yeah. Um, they're phenomenal. So um, not shocked. I'm very happy for them. They're nice people. And, but they don't fly like we do. We, they don't fly every day. They don't no. They don't run a ton of gas through the tank, you know. They're no. they're they're doing a lot of quality flying, and I think that's what what it comes down to. And there's no there's no flight that they go up. They they don't take an airplane up and fart around. And I'm not saying yeah. that that uh, the Canadians or the U.S. do that, but it's it, the idea of like every flight will be short, concise, precise, and there's a, a, a something specific that you're working on. And I'm sure. That each of those flights, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, Jeff, but I would imagine that every flight that that you know that a French team member does, there's probably a, a component of ground academic discussion and instruction and classroom oh, I'm work sure. done on each yeah. flight. Like, like I don't know if it's like a two to one or anything like that, but you know, there's there's some element where you're 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 doing a pre-brief, a flight, and a long post-brief of like really yeah. working into the the nitty-gritty of it. And not to say that other teams aren't doing that, but you certainly see how the U.S. It's just, it's just, it's co- again. Maybe it's just human nature and culture a little bit, right? Like we just think that, like, you know, if we get a thousand hours of seat time, we're going to be better than the next guy or gal. Yeah. Um. And I don't. I think that that theory has kind of been disproven time and time again. And now there's people like, like you know, you look at Rob Holland, who, um, he's in the seat every day, and he's one of the best on the planet, and I think he's one of the best who have ever done it. Um, but maybe that works for him. And obviously the French yeah. formula works for the French. It's just a different way of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, do you I think we see that. Gene Nevada <laughs> as a, as a, as a venue, as a spot, a location ever again? No, never again. Yeah. Never, ever. I don't think so. I mean, I don't, I don't think so either. I mean, it's tough. It's like you said, it's a glider board. So the winds really kind of, you know, could have screwed with people, but you know, they did fly. They flew a full contest. There's a lot to be said with that. And, yeah. um, you know, move on to the next, be interesting to see where worlds is for unlimited though, which I have no idea about. Yeah. 
When does that get yeah. announced? Because now, now that that uh, the pressure is off Siva to conduct uh, advanced worlds, you know, I would imagine that the the shift uh, goes right into looking at unlimited worlds. I think so. Uh, I think there's a November a meeting. Yeah. So we have a, I think there's going to be like a January call or something like that. I haven't heard anything. So kind of surprising to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, uh, uh, that's exciting. You know, this is a, uh, it's exciting for me as your friend. Um, yeah. but you know, we get a year, this is, this is an exciting, um, transition, right? You know, we, we kind of, uh, this was uh, nationals was, was a big, uh, you know, kind of a peak and, and, and excitement and, and whack shortly followed that. And, uh, we have Sebring to end the year. I, keep, I always forget Sebring is, it, um, the second Sebring, uh, is kind of the, um, the, the bow, right. For the season. Um, yeah. but then it's, uh, you know, for the unlimited team, it's, it's, it's workups, baby. It's, <laughs> it's going to be grind. Crazy. Yeah, dude. <laughs> it's going to be, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, like so I can't wait. So it'll be like in the brief and just see like Florent Odin there. Like, oh, easier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> awesome. Hi. Hi. Yeah. Hey. Hi. Yeah. Hey, hey competitor. <laughs> hello, hello, competitor. <laughs> God. What, I I, what did I? What am I doing? Dude, it's awesome. One below, it's one, awesome. Not, like uh what's the other guy? Uh not Juan Velarde. Um Spain. I can't believe I can't think of his name. Um the Sukhoi. Jesus. Mamastov? No, uh, Spanish. Oh, oh, um oh. Pantoba. Jesus. Yeah, Castor. Like Castor oh. Pantoba. Hey Castor. <laughs> what's up? That took me that long too. <laughs> hey Castor, yeah. <laughs> Hello. What are you what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> what brings you to this neck of the woods? <laughs> yeah. Or even um, like uh what's his face from Red Bull who's amazing? Martin Sanka. Oh. Oh my gosh. Hi 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 Martin. <laughs> hey Martin. What you what you up to? You know, you? he's it, it, dude, I know I know we gotta wrap up, but um there's I want to talk next week. Um, I want, I'm actually going to write this down so we can record again and 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 um, and talk about this stuff. But you know, looking at Gene Nevada uh, and and just kind of, I won't say it was arduous. It wasn't arduous. You know, there wasn't rain and thunderstorms and anything like that. But definitely sandstorm kicked up. Sand was an issue. You think about you know sand getting into crevices and components and 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 sandblasting the paint and whatever yeah. else have you. Um, you know, the, the airplanes were exposed to the elements, right? Um, I want to talk about what we think the best airplane right now is for the elements. If there is one, right? Like what airplane, what's the most rugged, I mean, it's probably a Sukhoi. It's gotta be Sukhoi. I don't know, but, you know, kind of talking about like how, what, you know, what airplanes fared well in Gene and what airplanes didn't fare so well in Gene and those elements and kind of looking at that. And cause you had, you know, the Canadians flew their airplanes from Canada. From the from the Maple um Maple Mars to Gene Nevada, right? Um that's a long flight, a lot of cross country. You know, and yeah. you know, they flew there and back. Airplanes did great. You had the SC in there, Stodiker, um, G two hundred, um, and and the likes. But you know, just kind of thinking about okay, like an airplane that you gotta take to somewhere and be in the elements, you know, we don't often we don't often think like that uh with the SC. Obviously, it fared fine, um, you know. But you, you kind of think of like, okay, they're going to be in a hangar. They're going to be out of the elements. They're going to be they're going to be put to bed, wiped with diapers. Um, but it's not always the case, you know. And so I'd like to kind of explore, you know, uh, those elements of like how how these airplanes kind of kind of fare and 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 did. Yeah. Um, it's it's just kind of an interesting look. And then um, I had another topic I wanted to talk about, but oh, Martin Sanka, dude. You know, we his name always on. comes. I, oh my god, I, I'm a huge fan of him. First of all, like I, I was really a huge fan of him during Red Bull. I feel do you, this is just, um, um, you know, my my opinion. I feel like he's really underrated. Extremely, I don't know if he's, he's underrated he's, so much by like people like us. 
but like the guy's killer in competition. He's a very, very high level competitor. I mean, very high level. Yeah. And he's been like that that for a long time. Um, Very, very good pilot. Oh, he'd be great to have on. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah, that'd be so much fun to have on. So much fun. I don't honestly. Actually, our intern, gosh, before we wrap. Yeah. So we've received your messages. We're going through them. I mean, it's going to take us at least a year to go through all these messages. But thank you for the emails. Yeah. Um, But we're going to narrow it down and then do a couple. I, I mean, you and I are talking about this right now, top of our heads, but I feel like a couple live interviews might be yeah. good. Yeah. You know, and, you uh, see, see what you do. You're like, you know, would you be willing to, um, you know, get a fly cool shit tattoo on your chest or like a tramp right. stamp, you know, like what's your dedication to this podcast? We need, yeah, we need your, somebody that's really dedicated. What are your pronouns? What are your pronouns? Are you. You know, um, would you kill somebody for the podcast? Like, would you help us bury a body if we needed it? You know, are you right or die? Basically, right. Are mm-hmm. you right or die? You know, we need, we need, we need somebody who's right or die for the podcast, but yeah, you know, come on and, and maybe some interviews and no, we really appreciate it. And it'd be really fun to have somebody that, that would like to be involved and do some, you know, kind of some of the of stuff. Of it. Yeah. Yeah. Be cool. yeah. Yeah. And then, um, uh, I saw you uh, put a request in for some lift shoes this morning. Um, yeah, she sees you. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I it was so it's so funny, dude, because my last flight, um, I was wearing the alternates, and this isn't this isn't to like uh, uh, whore on lift, but like I really do like those shoes. I really, honestly, truly do like those shoes a lot uh, for flying. They really are a nice shoe for flying. I still really, really enjoy that shoe. Yeah. No, uh, so when you got see, a, a lot of great products, they really do. Yeah. Yeah. Well yeah. said. Um, well, is that it, dude? Should we bow, should we bow this thing? Yeah, dude. I'm about to go flying in an extra 330 LT. So I'm pumped. Oh, nice. We'll report back. Yeah, we're doing some sportsman aerobatics. I don't know why I sound so stupid. No, dude. Go have some fun. Enjoy the beautiful weather. I, I was in uh, Newark. Uh, it was last week, but it looked like I know. But it looks, you know, the New York weather right now, uh, it's a little chilly, but like great been really sunny and looks like really nice weather to fly yeah we got a lot of good lift out of the airplane oh there you go i like that yeah, so. nice we'll go have fun um you know and i'll give a uh, i'll give a shout out to extra they uh you know talking about in the areas of support i do feel supported by extra um you know they came through with the caliper because i couldn't find one here in the states um and you know they're helping me out uh try to source a boost pump so i will give them a huge shout out Really appreciate it. Uh, love extra, love extras, uh, obviously. And, and then congrats to extra, you know, uh, I'll say congrats. Yeah. You know, the SC uh, top marks uh, for advanced. Um, no doubt it's going to be up there for, for uh, worlds uh, and unlimited next year, but um, you know, mm-hmm. they deserve a congrats. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Go fly, go have fun. I might actually go clean this. Here's, here's how sad this is. The airplane's so broken. Then I might go clean the airplane, which I, I am so overdue to clean that airplane. So I'm going to go watch the baby. You go fly. Um, thank you to everybody for, uh, for you know, listening to us and sticking with us uh, and and keeping the podcast strong. Really appreciate it. Thank Love you to uh, Fly Good Merch. Go to flygoodmerch.com. Use the promo code ACRO, A-K-R-O at checkout for 10% off your entire order. Go to flycoolshit.com slash merch. Buy some shirts. Support the podcast. All the money goes into the podcast, guys. Um, we're not we're not buying hookers and blow. It's literally just uh, going back into hosting fees and uh, buying stickers and and re- just fueling the podcast. So we really appreciate anybody to buy a shirt. <laughs> I promise someday I'm going to get the sticker packs on the website. I don't know when. I'm lazy, but maybe that that's a job for the intern. We'll see. Yes, but um, see, hold uh, you. Yeah, yeah. But thanks for listening. Keep listening. Subscribe, like, share. Force people to listen. Make them listen, you know, uh, get those those numbers up and uh, we'll get Grant Nielsen maybe on. Uh, well, let's work on that, dude. Let's get Grant on. Um, maybe we'll even record it this week and, and get his post recap because uh, he actually called me um, not to keep the podcast running, but he he called me and reached out. This was to an unrelated topic that's been going on um, that most people know about because it's made the news. But um, he just wanted to reach out and just check in, which was really, really nice of him. Really nice guy. Couldn't be a nicer guy, by the way. Oh, Grant he's the best. He's such a nice guy. Um, but his story about coming to whack and then shifting is really interesting uh, that I'd love to get his take on 
the decision he made during whack um to not fly mm-hmm. uh because i think that i think that's a really just a really refreshing um view and really cool thing to talk about but also he was there all week helping um and i'd love to get his take on that so um stay tuned for that he said he would come on uh and he'd be great to talk about in general so much to talk about with grant but uh we'll get his take on that and uh, hopefully, uh, this, this will release, uh, this, this, this Friday, uh, you guys are hearing this, uh, on Friday, but, uh, the following Friday, hopefully you'll hear Grant, uh, give his breakdown on whack and, um, yeah, we'll talk to you all next week. See ya. Thank you for listening to another episode of fly. Cool shit. Be sure to check out our website at www.flycoolshit.com. Subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes and Spotify. Any questions, comments, or feedback, shoot us an email at flycoolshit at gmail.com. 